hey guys welcome to let's talk with lasha it's lasha here and i'm your host and thank you for tuning in today if this is your first time tuning in welcome to the let's talk family if this isn't your first time tuning in welcome back so today's episode is going to be a very interesting one we're going to be talking about modern day pharisees wow so today's episode we're going to talk about the pharisees what was jesus problem with the pharisees and do we have modern day pharisees it's going to be very very interesting and we have a special guest to help us out we have josephine who is my good friend um my prayer partner my confidant and every time we talk we always talk about the word it's so interesting to have a friend like her um she's always watching she's always watching prophecies and watching things about god she's always watching videos it's very 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 mm, great to have a friend like her hi josephine how are you doing hi guys i'm good i'm not too pleased about the prophecy part (laughs) i've only been watching it for a week now so josephine you're actually not serious josephine i don't want to i don't want to reveal her secrets on here but she spent a long time a whole day watching prophecies so i don't know what she's talking about just want you have to say that for yourself please oh my god i feel like i'm being put on the spot at this point here it's only been for a week guys don't listen to her okay so let's go into the discussion for today so josephine let's talk about the pharisees when you hear pharisees what word pops up in your mind um i think um legalist hypocrite sorry let me go with hypocrites so why are you saying hypocrites mainly because when you look at the bible um you see that god refers to them as pretenders and i feel like that obviously um pretenders are usually hypocrites because they like to put on a facade that's a fair point um i think one word that comes to mind when i think of the pharisees i don't know why i mean i know why it's one of their characteristics but is pride because they were proud people um they were religious leaders but they were very proud and we all know that god doesn't like pride so just being um leading to what i just said about them being religious leaders so who were the pharisees in the bible what were they like what was their role basically i believe he was referring to when jesus was referring to them um in the context as of sorry um spiritual leaders or false prophets per se because i feel like they were leading the pack and it's they were um i guess they were legalists in a sense they followed the latter of the law so in a sense you can say that people were looking up to them yes 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 you're totally totally right so they were religious leaders they were the followers of the law of moses so they they were people that followed the law to as she said to the latter everything the law said that is what they did but i'm not even sure it was everything the law said that they did because we see jesus fault them for not doing what the law said they were doing things that appeared to be I don't want to dive into it too much because we'll get there but they were doing things that people could see outwardly as good like obviously they would wash their hands before they eat they would um they will be they will they will they will emphasize on tightening they will emphasize on certain things but they weren't really showing love 
when you look at the bible and looking at the scriptures you see in like matthew 23 when jesus was talking about the pharisees he he was talking about them basically talking about the word teaching on the law but never really doing it and i think that's where just the hypocrisy that josephine talks about um comes to play just what do you think about what i'm saying yeah, 100% agree with you on that because you can even see in Matthew 23 when he talks about them placing so much emphasis on the minor things yet neglecting the weightier matters of the law. And I feel like, um, I think he even used an example that was so intriguing. Um, talking about them filtering out, I don't know how to pronounce the word, but gnat when drinking and gulping down a camel afterwards. So like in, in that context, a gnat was seen as like an animal that is unclean. Yet like it's almost like they're clenching their teeth to make sure that they don't accidentally drink this animal uh, animal yet you see them later on eat a whole camel which is another unclean animal just that just goes to show that they're placing so much emphasis on the minor things so that they can create a perception yes totally right totally right so just let's talk about the seven woes of the pharisees i know i'm so excited in this episode guys sorry sorry but like my excitement is high because this episode is going to be really good by the grace of god and um, let's talk about the seven woes of the pharisees i'll mention some and then you mentioned the others that you know oh should you start first i mean let me start first what do you think what do you think just i think you should go first madam host okay so let me go first seven woes of the pharisees so for one thing that you one of the woes so these woes are gotten from the scripture so if you look at matthew 23 jesus talks about the pharisees and he in fact it's a lot of hmm, bashing when i read it i was like not really bashing per se but really telling them what they are doing and how it is wrong basically telling them these things you are doing they are wrong so one of the woes you can see i mean you can see from from the whole scripture in matthew 23 you see jesus talking about it to 36 basically but one of the woes is that they it says here but woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you neither go in yourselves nor you allow those who are entering to go in so it's basically saying that they kind of teach people astray that's what it's saying they are leading people astray so they're the leaders they're the religious leaders but they are leading their flock not their flock but if you want to say their members astray basically another war is that um there was one particular one that i loved so much um it talks about i'm not going to say verbatim but it's there in the scripture it talks about how okay so it's what to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence indulgence sorry blind pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also so it's basically saying that their hearts are not clean their hearts are not right their heart posture is not right but they are doing the things on the outside that appear to be right and everyone is seeing them and they're thinking they're the holy ones they're the righteous ones but indeed their hearts are not right so josephine you can go on with the other words i mean i just mentioned two but you can mention two as well
Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I feel like totally you just mentioned the ones that I really like though. Like, why, why did you just go for it like that? But yeah, like the one that I really loved, liked in particular was the one about the cup, um, about them cleaning the outside and making it look shiny. But I think I have one more that um, I really think will be useful. Okay, so I think it's a bit longer. It says, Woe to you, blind guys, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing but whoever swears by the good of the temple he's obligated um you fools and blind men so i feel like here he was referring to the fact that they seem to know what they were talking about and kind of in a sense making up rules just so that it falls in the latter of the law but then the truth of the matter is they didn't really know what they were even talking about in the first place but just because they knew the other parts of the law it creates a perception that obviously they, whatever they are saying is in line with the law That's really, really, really. I mean, when I read that scripture, I think the thing that came to mind was, wow, Jesus really, really did not like the things the Pharisees did, their characteristics. And it was very funny because they were, as I've said, and we've said in this in this um, episode, they were the religious leaders. And if you read the scripture and you read the New Testament very well, you see that they were the ones that put Jesus to be to be set to be killed they were the ones that were plotting they were doing all the things they were trying to they were always trying to i don't know how to explain it but they were always trying to find fault in jesus because jesus did not do things the way they they did it the way the law prescribed it to be done and you see that jesus had a problem with them there's one scripture that um i i saw and it's luke it's luke 18 I think it's Luke 18, 9 to 14. And it talks about very, very two things, very, very um, important thing there. Sorry. It talks about the Pharisees. So a Pharisee, one of the Pharisees, he went to the temple to pray. And a tax collector went to the temple to pray. And we all know that the Pharisees, the tax collectors were seen as very dubious people because of what they did. And, um... They went to pray the tax collector and the pharisee and then the pharisee looked at the tax collector in the in the temple and looked at the tax collector and was just like oh just looked at him with like oh i'm better than you you know that mentality that some people have where it's like i'm holier than you i mean i go to church seven times a day i do all these things i'm singing the choir i'm holier than you and you see that the pharisees sorry and you see that the prayer of the pharisee was father lord thank you lord that i am not like the others i'm not ungodly i'm not a transgressor i'm not this i'm not that it was it was in this in the pharisees prayer it was lifting up himself above others and then you see the tax collector very humble humble man he was just like he was barely able to even speak because all he could say was lord have mercy on me because he knew that what he had done or his sin was so much he had an understanding even if you say it's a tax collector he had an understanding of i need to be humble i need to you know not place myself as better than anyone he would have just said god well you know i'm a tax collector you know i earn money you know i do this da 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 but he humbled himself but you see that in the life and in the heart of the pharisee one thing you see 
is that they had a lot of pride and this brings us to the topic of what were the characteristics of the pharisees and the first thing i've already mentioned is they were proud they were proud they were proud people they 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 were self-righteous people and they felt like they were better than everyone and just what do you think the danger of that characteristic is on a modern church where you feel like okay i'm better than you because i'm doing this because you see somebody come to church i know i'm saying this but you see somebody come to church and i mean maybe your church people are supposed to wrap their hair or people are supposed to cover their hair or maybe people are not supposed to wear earrings or i don't know there are certain roles in that church and you see someone coming or you see this woman and she's doing a job that is maybe you find questionable and then you say and you pray and you look at them you feel hmm, see this one she's just entering church or see how she is see what she does see him look at what he does he's not this i mean i'm always in church we've never seen this sister this sister only comes once in a while we don't even know what she's doing she's not even only she's deceiving herself with her faith what do you think the danger of that is in a church in this modern day sorry that i'm putting you on the spot justine no, it's all right. Um, I feel like in regards to the pride aspect, you can always see that there is, I think, strengths of judge judgment because they, it seems like they're very judgmental for and self-righteous, to be honest. And I feel like, obviously, the danger of that is that they think that they are, they create this idea that obviously other people are beneath them in a sense. And the danger of that is that obviously people will see that and that is a representation of the body of christ what is so attractive about that we are supposed to be attracted to this like you're going to go to people and sell um christianity and salvation to these people and they'll be, they're going to be looking at you like weren't you the same people that are judging us for this and one thing with the whole um idealistic um, idea of how to dress all these things that obviously the bible does talk about a lot of things and does lay out a lot of how we are supposed to act as human beings i guess but then i think there is a whole we need to place more less significance on the doctrines and philosophies or whatever cultural uh, and personal convictions that people bring into the law they try to turn things that are their own personal convictions into the things of like god they try to justify it so they, t- they try to sell a religious doctrine of philosophy which basically completely sets aside faith and places emphasis on the works of man so it's, it's almost it's almost saying that you, the only way you can earn your salvation is true by um is true following the law and we all know that that is not the case um when you look at galatians 2 verse 16 for example it says that man is reckoned righteous not by works of law but through faith and reliance and adherence to and trust in Jesus. So this kind of talks about the fact that it's not through the act of following the law that you're going to be made, um, that salvation is obviously won over. It is true Christ Jesus. But then one thing in regards to the whole emphasis on um, what you even said before about the dressing and all these doctrines that the churches come, comes up with is that really and truly are these even part of the law? That's, that's the first thing we need to ask ourselves. that's 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 really true i mean when you look at it as i've said you go to different churches and they have different i would like to say different traditions in different churches and then you begin to wonder that is this really what the word of god is because you see that i mean there are some churches and i'm not bashing any church to be clear um i'm just saying different churches they have different different 
cultural things they put into it that it's it, it's it now almost appears like these are divine commandments or divine oh these are the words of god but these might just be some people's personal convictions in the church or this might be some cultural things that they have brought in the church and then we have to decipher we have to be careful and we have to be careful of putting bringing man-made laws into divine law so what Josephine was talking about just brings me back to another characteristic of the pharisees they were legalistic people and this brings us to a very big topic i feel like this is something i mean the first time i heard this i'm very i'm going to be very sincere i think it was like three or four weeks ago because i was listening to one of these videos that just sent to me and they're talking about the purity culture and they're talking about legalism a bit and i was like what's this legalism about i was just very curious and i went to go and research on it and look at look at it and the holy spirit obviously gave me revelation and i found out what that what legalism meant but then legalism this is the dictionary version so even the dictionary has defined it so Basically, legalism is the direct or indirect attachment of behaviors, disciplines, and practices to the belief in other, into the belief of God in order to achieve salvation and right standing before God. So basically, what they believe is, I'm going to do this, when I do this, when I do that, basically a works mentality in general. I don't want to beat around the bushes. Basically, a works mentality where it's like my actions would make me appear holy in front of god um i will be in right standing before god if i was holy and if i do the things that are appear as right and i would attain salvation by the things that i do by my works now obviously we talked about um in other episodes on conditional law faith plus words um koinonia very a lot of episodes we talked about the fact that we are not saved by works but we but we are saved by faith and another thing that legal legalists do is that um they add their own rules to god's law and treat them as divine i think i've mentioned that before and um that that's basically what they do so they have a works mentality firstly and another thing they do is that they also add man-made rules to god's law and i saw that there are three types of legalism and we have legalism that involves including traditions traditional practice into the church into the church of god and also your personal convictions or convictions that you've gotten you make it look like this is the law for everyone or man-made laws you add your man-made laws into the gospel and also they also promote division in the church so we're going to talk about this whole thing in like their different parts so we're going to talk about first of all the whole thing of tradition so justin what do you think about legalists and how the pharisees were legalists and they used to put in tradition into the law and first of all let's talk about the definition actually sorry let's talk about the definition and the whole fact that they believe they can attain salvation through their works and they believe that they would attain right standing before god through their works so they have a performance and works mentality what do you think okay so for um legalism i think when you look at um the whole idea behind it is that it creates a perception of righteousness because it's kind of like an attempt to please man and not of god because it kind of places this perception that because you're doing 
um, this, that, and the third, which is obviously the, following the law, it, it means that they are righteous. And this is man's attempt, or I can say their attempt in a sense, to create this standard whereby they are put on a pedestal for the things that they do. But then um, I think the actual main problem why Jesus was probably so against this thing is that they talk about, um, I think they distort the words of God, to be honest. They dis- distort the gospel of God. Because what happens is that here we are talking about... Um, your works making you right standing with God and there is loads of Bible verses that basically counters this and says that you're not actually made right standing by your works but you're made right standing through faith and reliance and adherence on God I don't know if I can find it in my notes somewhere but that's what it is um, yeah it says I think I mentioned it earlier on about Galatians 2 verse 16 which says man is reckoned righteous not by works of law but through faith and reliance adherence and trust in Jesus Christ so what it, this does is that this completely discards discuss the gospel of the finished works of christ i think this creates an elitist idea of christianity where it's like a competition as to who is more righteous than the other um but then what is even much more i guess um surprising about this whole doctrine of legalism is what you mentioned um them creating a situation whereby you would think that okay people that follow the latter of the law it sounds good because i mean it is the word of the law this is something that was produced by let's let's go back to moses gaining the ten commandments from god all these things these are things that god actually um, access them to do so it is good but then the problem here is that it's kind of used as a max it's like they put on this perception which makes you think that they are obviously of god and that they are these leaders and everything but what this does is that the beauty of it is that the law in itself can serve as a loophole for people to interweave whatever they want to weave into it so there are areas such as personal preferences and um sorry great areas in life where it's not necessarily clear as to what the latter of the law is saying there they try to interweave their personal preferences and convictions in these areas so we see them um and i think i can give a good example because it doesn't look like so that doesn't look like i'm just picking stuff out of the air but basically um matthew 23 verse 19 says you say you say whoever swears by the altar is not duty bound but whoever swears by the offering of the altar um so here you can see them saying kind of concocting stuff that are not of god and god calls them blind guides because they don't even know the the law itself that they are perpetuating they are perpetrating to know because um you see them trying to and like you said interweave um culture their personal convictions and all these things and make them law it, it just very it sounds like self-gratification they're trying to make their some their selves look righteous before man mainly because obviously they do know that obviously with heart the thing is the thing about lawyers i think i'm ranting a bit but the thing about lawyers when you look at the law um as lawyers well people that study the law we know that there are loopholes in laws and that's the thing that human beings want to have control to be able to utilize something to their advantage to you um, to utilize something that like actually um falls in line with their principles rather than their heart posture which we all know that in regards to your heart this is something that is transparent god sees through this this is not something that you can distort or convert to try to um i guess present a different view i don't know if i'm talking too much but i mean there's more points to cover on this so i totally agree with what you said to be honest and talking about the tradition part of the pharisees how how did they do that so I have a scenario in the Bible that I read and I feel like it's very important. So if you look at Matthew 15 2, it was talking about um, the Pharisees asking Jesus why the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. 
And Jesus said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, basically saying that these people, they keep the commandments of men rather than the commandments of God. So basically, they are, they, are, they are following their traditional practices, not really the commandments or the law of Mo, the law of God that was given by Moses. And it talks about um, they are hypocrites. It says, you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. And he said, hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So you see that Jesus also talks about how the Pharisees, they were so into traditional practices. So we need to be careful and we need to identify where what we're talking about is a traditional practice and where it is actually the word of God. Now, obviously that time and that era was different. What they had there was the law of Moses. And we know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. Hopefully everyone um, knows that. But even if we don't, we know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And the problem, one of the biggest problem with the Pharisees and in general is the fact that their heart posture wasn't right. If they were legalists, that means they believe that they have to do certain things to to obviously to get salvation. Does it's it's very I'm just thinking about it now again and something's coming to mind that when you think about it, they couldn't see a different way from the way they knew. So all they knew was the law. And Jesus came and was telling them a gospel where they did not have to do anything to attain salvation. It was telling them about the Holy Spirit. It was telling them about a lot of things. It was moving in a way they didn't understand. Human beings, they were like, no. Even though in the Old Testament, in their laws, they had already prophesied on the Messiah coming. When the Messiah came, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't identify it because at the end of the day, what they could see, they were so stuck in the laws, not really doing what the Lord, not really understanding who god is but they were stuck in following laws so that they would they would appear good if you read the matthew 20, if you read matthew 23 and look 17 or is it 11 it shows so much about how they care about how people see them they sit in the best seats they do all these things they just want to be seen as good people as holy people they were not really about not really about them having an understanding of who god is but it was more about them looking and appearing good rather than being good so another thing is that as i've said they were so used to the law that when jesus came with a gospel that was simple they couldn't grasp it because they were so used to we do this and we get this thing human beings like to hold on to something they like to hold on to something so if what they were used to in the law is that okay we'll do this when we sin we'll go and kill a clean um, animal we'll pay for our atonement for sin when jesus is now talking to them about something different they're like no i don't understand you can see that jesus was poking them you know jesus could have healed people on any other day apart from the sabbath day but jesus is like i'm going to heal people on the sabbath day he knew those pharisees were going to talk but he was testing what they knew because he wanted them to see that what they knew was flawed. So many of us, we are so stuck in traditional practices that we have made them laws, made man-made laws look like divine laws, and then we've made the gospel complicated for people. 
it's very easy to say chicken that is it's actually the fact i'm sorry that i'm speaking like the chicken apart but it's the fact that at the end of the day some people have made man-made laws look like divine laws and that has deterred people because now it's looking like but this is not what the bible is saying but this is not it and some people young christians come into the churches and they are looking for you know they're just getting saved they want to understand and you are teaching them a mentality that is very flawed now it's if you look at Romans 7 7 quickly, if we look at Romans 7 7, just when I'm coming, um, if you look at Romans 7 7, it says something that's very profound to me. And when I said, I was like, Yes, this is true. It says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? No, certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not convert. So, just saying that the law was necessary. Yes, the law was necessary during that time. The problem with the Pharisees was not that they were following the law of Moses. The thing is that they weren't even following the law. They were doing all the traditional things, doing all the things that look good. They were, in fact, Jesus was saying that they were placing emphasis on things like, obviously, there's nothing wrong with paying your tithes. I believe in that. But they were placing emphasis on that, but they were not placing emphasis on showing love so the whole gospel if you know is based on love and once you begin to deter from that and all you are doing is just doing things that look right or doing things just because it's all about you and you're not showing love to others then there begins to be a problem when you begin to bring traditional practices into the gospel then there's a problem there's also a scripture i don't want to lose my train of thought that talks about um if we say that you know we are going to keep this works mentality then it's like we're saying that jesus died in vain just to, okay it's galatians 2 21 it says basically if righteousness could be attained by our works then we are saying that christ died in vain and that's true we're saying that salve, jesus christ coming to die for us is in vain if we're saying we can do things to be to have a right standing before god when you've given your life to christ you are now adopted as a son you are now adopted as a daughter. You do not have to follow the law of Moses. You will begin to follow the word of God because of an understanding, because of your relationship with God and because of the love of God. I will never preach that don't do the word, no, do, don't follow the word of God. Never follow the word of God. But the thing is that you would do that from a re- point of relationship and not of law, from a point of grace not of law what do you think justine 100 percent agree with you um you see the part that you were talking about um so i was very i was laughing yeah because you just <laughs> sounded very radical <laughs> anyway sorry um yeah like the part where you were talking about um them not understanding the thing um what do you call it the fact that obviously now you're not made right standing by your by the by following the law obviously and it is now a thing whereby it is a posture of your heart and i think the reason why they want to hold on so badly to this is that this is a tool that has been utilized by them to kind of and in a sense to kind of um what's the word feather their aims or their selfish aims and all of a sudden christ is telling them that no 
things have changed this is not the situation anymore it is not about your heart posture and they are so reluctant to accept it because obviously now i mean they've spent so much so much time perfecting the things of i guess the things that you can see the things that would deem them as righteous that they've not spent as much time on their heart and i think it is very clear that obviously if we should now do a heart scan you'll probably not be seeing the best of things even in the way that he referred to them in terms of the cup and what i think when he was referring to there was one phrase like that that was just very um Matthew 23 it says um for clean the outside of the cup and the plates but within um sorry for you clean the outside of the cup and the plates but within are full of extortion i'm just going to leave it there but then you can just see that obviously if they should do a, a heart scan what is in their heart is not good in good enough so i think they hold on to the idea that they are still made righteous by their works because that's the things that they are used to and i think it's much more also worried i think we when you look at it it's just more surprising because baby your your works are not even good enough because you're not even following the, even though it seems like they follow the latter of the law they actually don't follow the latter of the law and i think that boils down to let me link it to modern day society and how i see um how people are like i mean the modern pharisees are a bit different but then the i mean the tricks are all the same if you look at um first samuel versus um no you're not first samuel so if you look at galatians versus one um sorry chapter one verse one it says which states that there are some who want to pervert and distort the gospel of christ and i think the reason why this is the case is that they are using this very legalist approach to distort the words of christ to the advantage you see in modern day society now um people preaching about prosperity gospel which like which i believe largely serves the itch the desires of people in society see there's nothing wrong with um seeking financial prosperity and all that because obviously yeah but then i think the idea is that um creating the idea that obviously the, the reward of being a christian um is that you're guaranteed prosperity almost seeming like okay we are selling you an idea of prosperity so that you're drawn to christ i don't even understand the whole concept of that because i feel like um some people will justify these things by saying oh we need to come like almost look a bit appealing to the world like if you have a common ground for which people um can associate with you then they're more likely to accept the word that you're giving them and i don't really understand that whole concept because it's like why are you going the extra mile to try to justify god's um to try to justify these things with God's words. So in a sense, you're distorting the gospel so that it looks appealing to the mass. But we see in Romans 12 verse 2 that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed by the renewing of your mind. So in that sense, like, why is there a need to conform? It says in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 that for you are holy and set apart people so this there's no justification for conforming to the things of the world even if it is partial conformity so let's say you're just conforming um in terms of the way you dress just so that it's appealing to the people these things doesn't really make much sense in modern day and i think this is a tool that has been used by modern day pharisees to the sense that they will try to even justify these things with the bible and what it does it what it does it it creates a mess and i'm seeing a lot i think the reason why i'm talking like this is like this whole week or two or two weeks or so it's just been a lot of revelation as to how people have been distorting the word of the lord just to turn it into something that it is not and the reason why i link this to modern day pharisees or legalist it so there's no way you can 
distort something unless you understand it fully they will present to you something with mixtures of truth and um what's the word um the the truth of the word mixed with their opinions and their perceived cultures or whatever they want they're trying to um push forward i mean like example for the example for example prosperity culture they will try to push for these things through the word of god just to make it seem appealing and it is all for a hidden agenda which is obviously to the more people that be, um, are attracted to your churches or come to your church obviously la di da da so it's just like you have to truly know the word of god for yourself to be able to fully discern um let me make one more point before um i stop chattering on um for it says um in first samuel chapter 6 verse 7 for the lord sees not as man sees for for man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart so these pe- people are so concerned with the outward appearance how they look on the outside and i think obviously they would not want it they don't look at the heart posture which is obviously very important and it is very difficult for us as human beings to even spot uh, modern day pharisees because now it's like an intertwinement they're not going to come to you preaching that they hate god or anything like that for they follow the latter of the law of course not but it comes in a mixture of things that you you need to fully have the spirit of discernment to discern whether or not this is actually what the bible says itself because nowadays they mix it with theology theologies philosophies it's very difficult to discern sorry Tony. <laughs> i totally totally agree like as you're just talking i was just like yes 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 because it's just like do you know like it's so it's so it's so intriguing like when you talk about the prosperity culture and the prosperity gospel the thing is i've never really thought about it like that too much because i i don't know i've just really not really researched and lo- looked at people that talk about the prosperity gospel a lot but i just need us to dip something very deep concept if you had nothing will you still love god will you still have a relationship with god if it's like i'm not getting anything in return all i'm getting is the love of god would you still serve god and then also talking about i mean when i first said the legalist um, concept it was obviously they were talking about the purity culture and they were talking about um basically some of them were talking about how they they were in churches where they were like you have to be pure so that you get a, a good husband so that's why they were like staying pure not because of a, a love of god not because they love god but they were doing it because they were hoping that they would get a good husband or a good wife that culture that they were preaching or teaching in their churches which made them feel like oh if i stay celibate or if i if i stay pure or if i don't engage in any sexual thing or anything like that i would get a good husband or a bad husband a good husband sorry and some of them they were just like they didn't understand that the truth is that you stay pure out of a love for god not because god will give you a good husband yes that might that can happen and by the grace of god it will happen but the thing is that you are not doing it to get a man or get a woman you are doing it out of love for god i think the center and cornerstone of everything is love for god and once you remove that love and you're doing anything not because of love then you need to you need to identify that there's a problem here i'm not doing this thing because of love i'm doing it because maybe i want to please people i'm doing it because this is what they told me or i'm doing it because well my church said that if i don't do it i will not be holy everything that we do we have to do it from a place of love 
for God, an understanding of who we are now as children of God. The Pharisees era, the modern day Pharisees will not look like the biblical Pharisees, never. Because the biblical Pharisees, they were following laws. They were on laws. Now we have grace. So when we say modern day Pharisees, we're not just talking, it's not going to be, as Justin has already said, it's not going to be clear cut on, oh, this is what the law says, this is what this. No, sometimes, yes, people do that. But sometimes they bring things into the gospel. They make it appear like it's, it's, it's God's law. It's God's law. I see that's what God said. It will now look like divine laws. Their personal convictions. Maybe God said, stop playing games. Or God said, stop watching movies. Or God said, stop listening to music. You now tell your church, your congregation that the Lord said music is evil. When did God say that? It's just, sorry, just Finn, I know you're laughing, but when did God say that? It's like, to be honest, they brought man-made laws into the gospel. And maybe they brought their own personal convictions and then they're teaching everyone as if that is what God's law is. And do you know what that has brought? He's brought a lot of confusion in the churches. And I can't blame them, but I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the blame is on both angles. So both angles, sorry. So on us as people that are going to church and the people that are the modern day Pharisees, obviously they need to know they need to know the word of god and understand the word of god and understand that bringing man-made laws is problematic and making them look like divine laws now for people that are going to church people that are maybe not teachers or pastors apostles what why it becomes a problem for us is that so many people are leaving the church because the the churches have have made some things have have made some people confused because they've taught things in a way and when they read their bible they're like no this is really not what it's saying and they've taught things in a manner that when they go and check their bible they're like no and then they're like these people are confused and they're like they don't understand and they've taught things in a way that they've tried to instill fear and they've they've created an atmosphere where people are not comfortable in asking questions they've created an atmosphere where it's like you don't question god you don't question anything you don't question anything just follow these laws keep these laws and you'll be fine if you keep these laws you'll be holy if you keep these laws you'll be perfect they make it seem like we have to do things to attain right standing before god but they god said if you love me you will keep my commandments. So what God is saying is that your love for him would make you keep his words because you have love for him. When you don't have love for God, how will you keep his words? So you will even say, okay, I'm trying to follow all these laws, but then you will not be, you will not seem like, oh, I'm following these laws. I'm tired. I can't, I can't attain holiness. I give up. I don't know. I don't want to be a Christian again because at the end of the day, it's like you have, they've set out so many rules for you that you're trying to follow. And when you, when you don't reach it, you're like, God doesn't count me as holy. God doesn't count me as worthy. God doesn't count me as this. God doesn't count me as that. And that is a big problem because that's taking so many people away from the churches. Because some of them feel like, I cannot attain holiness. And some of them feel that maybe these people are confused. What are they talking about? When I go to this church, this church has their own cult, their own things they are saying. I go to another church, this church is saying another thing. I go to another church, this thing. And that's, when I said I can't blame the Pharisees alone, it's because we as Christians, we need to work on having a, on work, we have to work on our personal relationship with God because that's interesting. 
churches is great it's good to have fellowship with the brethren but the thing is that you need to have a personal relationship with god that is very strong so that you will not be confused because they said in the last day there will be false prophets why will you the false prophets will not be staring staring at your faces and saying i'm a false prophet no 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 they will never do that they would they would they would look like they are they are real it will be hard to decipher who are the false prophets but it will not be hard for those that have a personal relationship with god with god because they have a personal relationship with god and they will have the spirit of discernment and there will be revelations your spirit will just check you like nah 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 what this person is saying this is not my word this is not my word because when i say your spirit i mean the holy spirit and obviously we know the spirit holy spirit is the spirit of god and we have the spirit of god within us so if we have the spirit of god within us the spirit of god within us tells us what is right and wrong but you have to know how to hear from the holy spirit and you can't hear from the holy spirit or know the holy spirit you can hear but you may not know it's the holy spirit if you don't have an intimate relationship with the holy spirit so we need to work on having that personal relationship because we can hold these pastors or apostles accountable but the truth is that when god is judging he's going to judge everyone on an individual basis on what they did on earth not that your pastor told you this not that your pastor told you that he's going to judge you for your relationship with him and we need to kind of identify where we are at in it and it says um in the last and god says something there's a scripture that i really find interesting said so jesus people will say father lord i did this in your name lord i did this in your name i did that in your name but god god is going to say but i do not know you because god searches the heart so when your heart posture is not on god and your heart posture is not focused on the love of god and love of people then there's a big problem we need to check if god does if someone can do the x-ray on our hearts sorry just i'm using your word if we do a heart scan will people see that your heart is will people see that you love god or would they see that you feel like you're obligated to serve god just then you can add man i'm i'm feeling hot <laughs> madame, madame you're on fire we are sorry <laughs> anyway if, um so yeah, like whilst you were talking, I I just think it just all started to click in my mind. I think I forgot a point that was so important here, yeah? and it's obviously derived from what you were saying in regards to the amount of emphasis they place on the minor things, like oh, um, how someone is dressed. See, I'm not saying these things are not important. The Bible is very clear on it. Let's just go with the Bible and what it says. But it's like, why are you placing so much emphasis on how someone is dressed, whether or not it's up to standard? And yet, the most like major part of it is about your heart and the posture of your heart a majority of them are not even clear it's like it's just like okay one thing actually that gets to me the most is actually the emphasis that is created on like sta- um, is placed on the standards that are on that seems unattainable like it's like you place so much emphasis on the law that now it seems unattainable to people and the thing is how many times do you really see the church like i mean i've seen some um, obviously majority of them preach about it but it's like they don't put so much emphasis on the holy spirit so it almost seems like oh like how am i supposed to follow these rules these laws and all of a sudden um with my flesh it's impossible but then we all know that it's through the holy spirit that you're able to subdue the flesh these things these things they don't place emphasis on but they want to talk about they even want to immerse themselves it in what is going on in politics and all these things sometimes let me let me be honest let me be clear on this sometimes some churches don't even talk about politics and stuff because apparently as christians we're not supposed to i'm not even going to go into that but anyways i think i went way off there i don't really want to go into that so we um 
so yeah like in terms of um people are not even able um, to ask questions on the law itself so i think one thing that i really wanted to emphasize was in regards to this modern day seeing as we are talking about modern day pharisees here we see that prior to this um these days we had a situation whereby the church had an extreme idea of what the bible said like you're supposed to do this that is the which i won't say some of them were obviously man-made laws and some were obviously from the bible it's a mixture of it that's literally how pharisees come majority of them but then it seems like because we've moved on from a, a position whereby it seems like it was so extreme people have now gone to the other extreme of making it seem like now it is a bit difficult like you should not be policing certain things and that you should place more emphasis now on trying to accommodate um like to the needs of modern day society which is why i touched on before about the whole dressing in a way to conform to the church trying to appeal to the mass and all these things it's like they've moved on from one extreme to the other extreme and i think that is very important for us to kind of decipher like where we are like what the word of the, the lord says it's like at the beginning stages we have believers um sorry um Baby, how do I even call them? I guess, um, people that are new to the faith and everything, and they're placing so much emphasis on sermons, on churches, and what they are preaching, and everything. And it's like because, um, I think majority of them, they read, um, text that is like very difficult to really understand. And we, we all know that it's actually truly the true the Holy Spirit that you get a revelation through, and it makes it easier to obviously read the Bible. So, we have we have a situation whereby they are new to the faith and they are coming to churches and these churches are preaching these things and not placing emphasis on the things that are important so really and truly they are not really feeding them they are not feeding their spirit you will have a situation whereby they are not growing in faith or anything because you are not feeding them the meat of the word you are t- talking you are busy talking about how they should be dressing on all these things when we all know that that's not what that's not where we should start from see even Jesus recognizes that when he talks about the cap I'm not going to repeat the verse but we do know that cleaning the inside is much more it's I think there was one specific um, part that says obviously like if you work on the inside of your ends obviously the heart posture that should become later on become a reflection on the outside so I think people, the church tends to start from the wrong stuff um, from the wrong place and um, take such a legalist approach to certain things that they kind of neglect the meat of the word which is what we are supposed to be feeding souls in this time sorry to you I mean just Finn, just spot on like when people become christians um then they start teaching so well this is the way you should dress these are the things you should no longer do these are the things you should not be doing i understand it like telling people what is right what is wrong but also we also need to make sure that we walk on the hearts and um we know that like it's the holy spirit that transforms and renews and helps us but we also need to help teach in churches now on the love of god on salvation like do you know so many things that has changed my mindset has changed as i've grown older not because they didn't i don't know how to explain it like when i started um when i became a christian obviously i think i was younger when I, i think it was when i was 14 i gave my life to christ properly the thing is that i i noticed so many like what i knew then is not what i know now and what i know now this is where i see the spiritual good if you think that there's no spiritual good there is spiritual good what i know now is different and i just begin to question a lot of things in terms of the things i used to do before where it's like i was just like now when i pray and i there was a time i prayed intentionally and i prayed to god that god teach me how to love like you love 
that is a selfless unconditional love and god did teach me i feel like god did teach me and god taught me what it is like to understand the love that god has for us because once you begin to do things out of a place of love it's like i'm not going to do this because i know it doesn't please god and this is not god's like god's word is don't do this so i'm not going to do it because i love god and i will not hurt god because humans were were very quick to not we 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 don't most times at least hopefully most times people don't hurt people they love they don't want to even having confrontations with your friends that you love is like ah please i don't want to do it because i don't want to lose that friendship so when you understand the love of god which is deeper than any kind of human love the love of god once you understand it and once you love god you will begin to do things that please god you will keep his words because you know that his words keeping his words pleases him and you are doing it out of a place of love now the laws were given so that people will know what is right or wrong and because that time people it was like i was even i was telling josephine before like in law at least nigerian law and i'm sure in almost all laws people cannot be punished for an offense that they don't know is an offense if it's not defined in the law as an offense they will not they will not know it's an offense it's, that means you can do it and you will not be punished it's not an offense but now the law was given to them so that they'll know what is wrong or what and what is right now christ came and christ fulfilled and christ fulfilled the law and christ did a lot of things and christ did a lot of things for us and christ has said okay now i'm giving you grace and this is what you have and with grace comes relationship that's that's the key thing with the grace that god gives us it becomes we have relationship with god and when you have relationship with god you now have an understanding sorry i hope i'm in the chain of thoughts when you have relationship with god you now begin to do things out of a place of love you know what is right or wrong now because you have the holy spirit in you then they didn't have the holy spirit if you read the old testament the the holy spirit came after jesus left so when the holy spirit came the holy spirit convicts it's the holy spirit that will check you on a behavior like no you shouldn't have done that the holy spirit is the spirit of god within you and it tells you what is right or wrong it says in fact that if there's a scripture that says i put my law in the hearts there will be a time where my law will be in the hearts of people so you have the holy spirit who tells you what is wrong or right so you don't need the laws anymore because you have the holy spirit that convicts you and tells you what is right and what is wrong what the lord did was he was telling them what's right and what is wrong but now you have the holy spirit that tells you what is right and what is wrong and what is what's right and what is wrong you can use it sometimes to just you know just to see okay this is this was wrong this is wrong but the holy spirit is the one that convicts the world of and tells them this is what is right and this is what is wrong so in 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 summary we are never going to say that do not do god's word that is never 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 our point of view our point of view is that you do god's word from a place of love not because you feel obligated to not because you feel like you have to do this at to attain a right standing before god you do god's word because of your love for god and from a point of relationship and from a point of sonship and you know as a from a point of now i'm a child of god 
just finn what do you have to say to wrap up yeah i'm trying to i'm gonna try not to talk too much because we are wrapping up as you heard the boss but anyways um i think i i agree with everything that she said basically in regards to even the gospel itself i think i think i had this conversation with her earlier on and we were talking about the bible and how i came to the realization that it is literally um basically describes the love of god basically because um and i think i don't know why it seems so um weird to me to just come to that revelation now because for so long i've been going to church they've been preaching how did i just come to this revelation that the summary the whole the summary of the bible is basically god loves you and he wants to establish a relationship with you that is all he's been trying to do since they left the garden of eden like i mean there's a lot to talk about and unpack there but we're not going to go into that but it seems like these are the basic things that needs to be taught from the beginning stages um and i think in terms of what she said about the law being now inscribed in your heart it fits perfectly with modern day society now that we have the holy spirit where like now obviously there are some gray areas and um in regards to modern day society it's obviously not the same as back in the day so even though the law in itself was i mean majority of the law was based off on the context and the cultural background back there back then so it is a bit difficult to kind of translate it into modern day society and with the thing about the holy spirit is that it is perfect in terms of convicting us about what is right and wrong and that i guess we are very thankful to god for that i mean i said i guess there but i'm being serious we are thankful to god for that Thank you so much, Josephine, for joining us today. I mean, you could see, you guys could see that, like, my energy is, like, pumped up because, obviously, I have, like, one of my best friends here. And, yeah, obviously, I just think we need to reflect on where we are at. Um, I think it's very important for us to know that it's for us to have a relationship with God and let that relationship be from a place of love rather than a place of, like, I was forced or as a place from a place where you're like um i'm doing these things to attain salvation i'm doing these things to attain a right standing before god because christ has already paid the price christ has already you know christ has already removed the gap between us and god you know before i don't want to talk too much honestly because i feel like i'm talking about a new episode but like before in the past in the olden days that law era they had to go to the holy of holies for them to atone for their sins but now christ came died for our sins now we have direct access to god i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's like now we don't have to kill rams to atone for our sins now we are now sons now we are now children you know being a child is different now that is our identity then there were there are a lot of laws that were being put in place and they didn't have direct relationship with god but now we are coming from a place of relational christianity where it's like my relationship with god is first anything comes next amen thank you for joining us today um love you all thank you so much i'm